So thanks for joining us today on Leadership Log, which is a podcast on topics of interest for the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center community. And the topic of interest today is learning about the Harmony Council at the F-15 uh, division. So uh, we're here with three people from the F-16 division. Uh, sir, if you could introduce yourself and give us a little bit of your career background. Hey, Daryl, uh, this is Tim Bailey. So I'm the F-16 program manager uh, stationed at Hill Air Force Base out in Utah uh, for the last about two and a half years. Uh, brief background, largely aircraft uh, program office uh, kind of work. I think um, maybe relevant for our discussion today. Um, you know, I grew up in a small town in, uh, in the deep south. Uh, and then uh, also another element I'll mention is um, my wife and I, we've got uh, been blessed with five children, uh, two of which are transracial uh, adoptions uh, that were added to our family. And that's uh, kind of helped uh, color my perspective uh, for the talk we'll focus on today. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And Mr. Lewis. Well, good morning. Thank you for having me here, sir. I appreciate it. So I'm the uh, deputy program manager for nuclear matters. Uh, for F-16. I work for Air Force Nuclear Weapons Centers of the Air Delivered Capabilities Directorate, which is headquartered out of uh, Kirtland Air Force Base in New Mexico. So I'm embedded uh, with the F-16 program office at Hill. So in that role, I'm responsible for providing uh, support for all nuclear-related activities within the total life cycle acquisition planning and management. I act as the nuclear SME uh, for the F-16, along with a uh, nuclear certification manager that rolls up in F-16. And um, I'm also responsible for uh, facilitating the requirements and information uh, required to uh, maintain our nuclear mission with the F-16. In addition with my role, I'm, uh, our MOA with uh, the F-16 allows Colonel Bailey to identify other opportunities for me to support uh, the the, uh, the program office. So I'm the the, uh, the team lead for the mid-range integration planning uh, initiative, which facilitates avionics uh, modernization, structural slip, uh, and structural slip for our 900 plus aircraft fleet. Uh, I'm also uh, really engaged on the DNI side, uh, thanks to Colonel Bailey. So I'm the lead for uh, fighters in advanced aircraft as well as I'm the co-lead on the SAF AQ training and awareness LOE that, that Dr. Roper stood up um, um, in 20, the summer of 2020. So I PCS'd uh, from Hill, or to Hill from Wright Pat uh, in January of 2021, uh, where I was the uh, B2 nuclear certification manager um, from 2016 to 2020. Uh, and then lastly, I, I joined the Air Force in 2011 you know, after 25 years in private industry, uh, most of which were with General Electric, um, but it also includes a two-year break in service where I went uh, back to private industry at, uh, running Kroger Corporation's uh, capital equipment and construction purchasing. Over. And Ms. Edwards. Hi, uh, thank you. Yes, so I am Rosemary Edwards. I am currently working, um, I'm an electronics engineer, currently working on the F-16 Korea Upgrade Program. And I'm located here at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. 
Um, my background includes um, several different jobs. Um, I started off as active duty Air Force working in the space program at um, Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. Um, I then worked in private industry for several years. Um, most of that was with General Electric, both in oh, wow. medical equipment and, um, and the gas turbine industry. Um, I also spent some years uh, as a Navy civilian working at Patuxent River on the presidential helicopter program, as well as some specialized development programs out there. I was also a stay-at-home mom for several years, so a little shout out to all stay-at-home parents. Mm. Um, so we moved here to Wright Pad about seven years ago, and that's when I started working in after um, being a stay-at-home parent. And I have to say, when we got here and I started working, I was surprised and quite disappointed to see the lack of diversity in the workforce. It struck me immediately when I first started. And so over the course of all my years, um, I've intermittently approached leadership in various directorates. I've gone to the head of uh, recruiting, the head of um, personnel, and to talk about these concerns that I had, talk about these issues, talk about, try to start a conversation of how can we change things, really ran into roadblocks, um, didn't get anywhere with that. And so when Colonel Bailey brought up this initiative um, for F-16 to start a platform for these conversations, I was really excited. Um, and it is a place where I feel like I can make a difference um, mm -hmm. in my own small way. So I'm very excited to be part of the Harmony Council and very excited that Colonel Bailey is had the foresight to start mm -hmm. this in our organization. So, so let's get right after that topic. Uh, Colonel Bailey, could you tell us uh, kind of what is the Harmony Council and what, and what brought it on? Carol, I want to start with the second question first. You know, what, what brought it on? If you think back to 2020, um, there were there were four particular um, experiences um, that for me uh, called for action. And I was slow to this. Uh, the George Floyd video, um, when I when I finally did sit down and watch that, um, that was powerful. And then uh, General Brown, as the incoming chief of staff of the Air Force, mm -hmm. uh, you may recall, he did a video right. yeah. speaking about his experiences uh, as an African-American airman. Um, and then soon after that, uh, the ASOC commander uh, at the time, Lieutenant General Slife, um, he was doing uh, some podcasts um, like these and just had a real powerful example about an analogy he used with a cube um, that, you know, if, if everyone in your leadership team is uh, of the same background, you only see a couple sides of the cube and uh, these complex problems like what we're discussing today you need different perspectives to have a holistic understanding about the problem and its potential solutions. So I think uh, General Slife was very helpful for me. And then what really brought it home you know, to our particular program office was I was doing a discussion of our leadership team and I heard a story um, that happened on the Wright-Patterson side of our program office several years ago uh, involving one of our African-American uh, members of our team uh, in a parking lot episode um, that uh, as you listen to the story, uh, I think it was beyond beyond dispute that this was a racially motivated response. Um, 
And uh, so those, those four things really, to me, were a call to action. And my hat's off to the Harmony Council who uh, responded to a call um, to help us keep focus on this. That's really been probably my major role is just not lose sight of it. Um, and I'll be happy to go more into that as uh, Vince and Rosemary detail the specifics. Yeah. Uh, so Mr. Lewis, tell us how you, how you got involved in this. Well, um, again, I, I uh, joined the program office officially in, in October, or at least in my role. Uh, but I was engaged probably from May of 2020 prior to October, as, as you know, you know, you're transitioning. And so I got engaged uh, with, uh, with Colonel Bailey's leadership team. And uh, in the uh, August of 2020, there was a call for volunteers to support uh, Dr. Roper's uh, DNI initiative out of SAF AQ. So uh, initially, uh, Colonel, Colonel Bailey had tapped me to support that initiative. Um, one other anecdote I want to convey, and I can't really tell the story completely, and I'll, I'll need Colonel Bailey to help me, but in September of 2020, Colonel Bailey had uh, uh, conveyed the, uh, uh, something that was uh, concerning to him in the, I think it was called Diversity in the Workforce Survey. <clears throat> In which, uh, and Colonel Bailey, if you rec recall that discussion where there was a dichotomy, a disparity between uh, people of color who felt they had to work harder because of their color versus the majority. Can you, can you just recount that before I get into the other part of you know, how I got engaged? Do you recall that, sir? Yes, so we did our own survey uh, of our workforce, you know, ran it through EEO and other offices. Uh, and then sent it out to our workforce. And one of the questions we asked was, you know, do you feel a need uh, to work harder to prove yourself because of your race or ethnicity? Uh, and we had good support from that survey. Well over 200 uh, of our civilians answered it. Uh, and the, uh, the responses uh, were so stark um, where if you answered the question as a Caucasian member of our team, you only said only 4% said, yes, I have to work harder to prove myself because of my race or ethnicity, uh, just 4%. But if you were one of our African-American members of our program office, uh, an overwhelming number, 88% uh, said, wow. yes, that's me. That's my experience. I feel I have to work harder uh, to prove myself simply because I happen to be African-American. Uh, so uh, Vince, I think that's the uh, anecdote yes, you're looking for. Okay. Yes, yeah. sir. Well, thank you. So, so Daryl, um, so I, I believe it's sometime in uh, late September, Colonel Bailey had reached out to me uh, and, and basically said, hey, Vince, I'm interested in starting a diversity council and would you be interested in taking the lead on that? And I was uh, more than happy to do so. I, I'd done something very similar to this when I was at uh, Mercy Healthcare in Cincinnati. And so he had already, planted the seeds, and I think Rosemary alluded to that, uh, because he had already identified and people had volunteered to say, yes, I would love to participate in this. So as a result of that, I reached out to, uh, to the, all those participants and, and started the ball rolling. And one thing that I, in, in my email to them, just kicking this off, I recall saying was that my goal is to make us the, uh, the best practice, the center of excellence for DNI within the Air Force. And that was a commitment that I had made. 
So as a result of that, I reached out to everyone. And, and then uh, Rosemary, uh, who is the co-lead along with me, had uh, reached back out to me and said, yeah, Vince, I'm, I'm game. I wanna, I wanna be a part of this. And so we formed a core team. Um, it was in, uh, our first meeting was November 4th of 2020. And uh, basically the core team, uh, our focus was, all right, let's, well, first of all, establishing uh, sound team, high performing team dynamics, you know, goals, roles, responsibilities, uh, the, the um, um, ground rules and so on. And, uh, but the key was, all right, we needed to develop what's our mission, what's our vision and what is our structure? What is our you know, call to action? And uh, so that's what we worked on for probably about a four month period. Um, and so our vision for the, the Harmony Council, and again, this was a team-based you know, brainstorming. All right, let's, let's cherry pick and not, you know, and, and really refine this over this period. So our vision is a stronger, faster, and more lethal F-16 through diversity and inclusion. And our mission is to develop an F-16 community that values the benefits and strengths of diversity and reflects the nation we serve. And that latter clause was something that was really important to me. Because as we all know, if we look at our org charts, they don't reflect the nation that we, that we serve. And so that is part of my end goal. And a lot of the diversity and inclusion initiatives throughout the DOD is, is to do that. So uh, also during that process, um, we established what our sub teams were gonna be, um, as well as the leads. And those sub teams were our, our uh, newsletter, which we call Harmony Matters our video series, our speaker series, and then uh, whatever else that Colonel Bailey would, would foist on us or, or recommend that he needed in order to uh, um, establish a, uh, a culture that was conducive for diversity and inclusion. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> let's go over some of these initiatives. Uh, Ms. Edwards, if you could uh, Walk us through what, what were some of the things that kind of initially rolled out for, uh, under uh, the Harmony Council? Oh, uh, of course. Yes. So we actually have um, <clears throat> we have three um, major initiatives that we do. Um, one of them is the newsletter and that we publish quarterly and the newsletter, um, the newsletter team they came up with a format um, which has worked really well um, for all of the issues we've done four issues so far so quarterly for 2021 and also planned obviously quarterly for 2022 um, so some of the different categories we have in the newsletter are we always have a food for thought and that brings up um it's usually kind of a current thinking um i know one we one a quarter they talked about something that came up in colonel bailey's class his sharpen the claw class um, but it's different things to get people thinking different ways to think about diversity or different ways to maybe incorporate that with your own, with the people you work with, you know, in small ways. Um, there's also uh, the reading list, video list, suggested books, um, links to resources, and a lot of that also links back to the SAFAQ. Um, DNA SharePoint, and we also always have a link to the SAFAQ making account SharePoint. 
um, so that we keep kind of a cohesive narrative going, also showing that that we are, we may be doing this for F-16, but we're also part of the bigger Air Force. And we want to make sure that everybody feels connected and knows that there are more resources out there. And there are more organizations within the Air Force and within the government, so SAFAQ, working, um, working these issues, presenting platforms. Um, a couple of other things that we always have in our newsletter is we always want to have holidays and special observances. And so our Harmony Council, we want to make sure we are hitting the big issues. Obviously, I think race is clear. That's a big issue. Ethnicity. Um, but there's also LGBTQ. There is uh, accessibility. Um, mm -hmm. There are many different ways to think about diversity. There's women. Um, so, you know, I could probably go on for half an hour. So we want to make sure that our newsletter and our events include all of those things, that everybody can feel like they're heard, that they have a platform, um, that, and we try very hard to be very inclusive with all of that. Um, can I interject ahead, here? Yep. Uh, and, and Rosemary talked, touched on it is, again, we, we want the Harmony Council basically to exude and, and again, reflect the nation we serve. So all of our initiatives, uh, you know, it's not just uh, people of color, it's, it's these other uh, diverse cohorts, um, you know, and so it's, it's Irish American, it's Jewish, it's, you know, again, uh, uh, Rosemary mentioned some of the others, but I, I want to, and I've always told the team, emphasize that this, it's, it's not just people of color. So we want to uh, celebrate the rich diversity of, of um, the nation we serve. And, and, and we know that there has been so much, you know, there's been so much impact in, with, you know, with all of these diverse cohorts. So that's one thing I want to emphasize, that this is just not a minority thing. This is this is inclusive, over. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the Colonel mentioned earlier the video that the Chief of Staff put out, and it was very powerful to hear kind of a firsthand account of, of an actual experience from someone who was a senior officer in the Air Force. Um, and so what, what are some of the, I know you have a speaker series, is, is, is that kind of like, um, is, is the, those are the types of stories and things that you're looking for in, as well in that, Ms. Edwards? So what we've done so far with the speaker series is we have had had two fantastic speakers. They've both come from F-16 um, and they have talked more about their personal experiences. Um, we, we had uh, Ms. Denise Albert. Um, she's actually the Air Force Nuclear Weapons Center diversity director. Um, and she talked about uh, her conversation was called Conversations Behind My Back, Personal Experiences of Unconscious Bias. Um, and then we had another um, great speaker, Ms. Dwenda Wilson-Hutter. Um, she is currently the, at Hill, uh, the, the Black Special Emphasis Program Manager. Um, and her talk was titled Mississippi to Utah, A Professional Journey. So our two speakers last year, I think were, were um, I feel like when, you know, when we see these videos from higher level leaders, those are very far reaching. Those obviously, they, they will reach a broader audience because clearly, you know, a lot of people will hear about them and will be interested in them. Whereas our two speakers, 
are maybe more personal to the F-16 experience or more personal to like a local experience. That, that's the way it, kind of, it came across to me. It's more of a local, hey, this is somebody that I work with. You know, the, these, you know, this is, wow, my colleague sitting right next to me, this could have been her story or his story. Mm-hmm. So to me, it, our speakers kind of lend more of a, nah, I can't think of the right word. Um, more personal, I'm, I'm just gonna closer to home. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. That is absolutely it. More personal, more a uh, closer to home kind of. Um, hey, Daryl, one thing I'd like to I'd like to mm-hmm. add, um, and I was thinking about this. This is something I did at when I basically ran a similar initiative at, at Mercy Health in Cincinnati. Uh, in our newsletter, we had a, a section called True Confessions. Okay, where I had leaders basically they would proffer this is what happened to me growing up. So it would allude to our unconscious bias that they experienced. So that's something I want to, you know, I haven't told the team about this yet, but this, I think it's something that gets us to more of a personal environment. And it, it helps exude an, uh, transparency to say, hey, you know, we've all been there. I mean, when I think about the biases that I did growing up, I'm embarrassed about those. And then another initiative I'd, I'd like to implement is man, woman on the street. So we would have an iPhone and it's like, what does DNI mean to you? Um, you know, because again, it personalizes it. And, uh, and it could be, a, a, you know, I won't say diametrically opposed view, but someone who says, you know, well, what DNI means to me is that you're taking something from me. But again, we have to be transparent and we have to uh, basically allow for diversity of thought. Over. <clears throat> Um, you know, one of the things that we've done recently is, is just kind of these personal stories that people, and uh, I heard an individual talk about being in a, in a large conference room where she was the only person that looked like her, mm. okay, and just her experiences feeling that way, you know, which was just a, a point that I had never really considered before until she, until she mentioned how, how much that impacted the way that she addressed the group, um, so I, I think those kind of personal anecdotes are really powerful in that regard. Um, so let's, let's talk about some of the other things that, that you're doing with the, with the council. Ms. Edwards? So, yeah, so the other uh, major initiative that we have is what we call the video series. Um, last year, our video team was able to put on two of these um, series. One was they took a video um, that was produced, well, it was a video that was created from a, all right, you're going to have to get out your red pencil here, I guess. Um, It was a video called Humanized Diversity and Inclusion um, by Damian Hooper Campbell, who happens to be uh, the Vice President and Chief Diversity Officer at Zoom Video Corporations. And that one, that was the first video that they presented. And that I thought was a great intro to what the Harmony Council is doing um, because it talked about, it never touched about specific types of inclusion, specific types of diversity. It touched more on what, what were your experiences when you felt vulnerable? Where did you feel like you were singled out or mm-hmm. somebody um, maybe didn't invite you to a party or, you know, your, your work group, they all went out to lunch and you were left sitting there alone. So it addressed more 
I think more of a universal that, hey, anybody can feel left out and think about the times it's happened to you or maybe think about the times you did this to other people without really realizing it was happening or why it was happening. Um, and then our second video was, um, it was from a TED talk by Dr. Brene Brown, um, a uh, professor at the University of Houston. And she has several talks, uh, TED talks out there, but the one that we chose was on the power of vulnerability. And this one addressed, addressed um, thinking about how if you want to have conversations, you have to make yourself vulnerable, but vulnerability is not a bad thing. And so the whole video went into how, how if you can accept your vulnerability and show that side of you, it will make you not only more open or more able to connect to people, but it will make you yourself a stronger person. Mm -hmm. And so that we that the video team thought would be great. We did that right before the holidays, that not only could people think about that, you know, in the workspace, but also getting together with family, maybe with family that they hadn't seen in a long time. And how, you know, how are those interactions going to go? And how can you, you know, if you allow yourself to be a little more vulnerable in maybe a, a difficult interaction, maybe there are ways then that those interactions could go better and you could come out of it with a, a better feeling about yourself, a better feeling about the relationship. So those, so those three efforts, really the three initiatives, the newsletter, the video series, and the speaker series are our, our main platforms. Um, and I do want to give a shout out to the team. Um, our yeah, team, we have about 14 people on the team. Yeah. They, it is amazing how much work it takes to organize these things, these events, and put them on. Um, even though in the end, you know, there may be half an hour, 45 minutes, it still requires a lot of work. And the passion and dedication of the people on our team and the amount of time, there are several people who spend many hours above and beyond their 40 hours a week mm -hmm. working on these initiatives because they feel so strongly about this and they feel very passionate about having these conversations. And we do have a Q&A after every one of these where we try to get the audience to participate. Um, we have, obviously we have prepared questions. We also come ready with answers so that we can kind of get the conversation going. Um, because one of our purposes is to start having these conversations and start allowing people to feel like they can speak up and they can share their experiences right. um, and they can let other people know what's happening to them and what they see and I'll let other people also start to understand that things are happening that they may not even notice that are happening. So the team is very passionate about that and we, we really have a terrific team. Hey, hey Daryl, a uh, couple yeah. things I wanted to add. Um, mm -hmm. When, again, when we have the core team, one thing I didn't mention is why, quote unquote, harmony. Uh, how did we come up with that, that, that term? And, and again, it was mm -hmm. a whole facilitation. Let's brainstorm. And, uh, and basically, when you think of harmony, a three, four, five part harmony, you know, you have these diverse, uh, and again, I'm not a musician, but these, these verse, uh, diverse <clears throat> ranges of vocal capability, you know, separately they sound nice, but when they are blended together, you know, it fits like this. And, and so that's a, that's a reflection of the team. Because again, we have four, uh, 15 team members, all cohorts, you know, men, women, black, white, you know, third world, active duty and civilian. 
And again, uh, my, again, our goal is again reflecting the nation we serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in in that same vein, the newsletter we didn't say the name of it. It's called Harmony Matters. So there's a play on the words as well that it does matter. Uh, you know, uh, in every context, not just you know in F-16, but in LCMC, in in the DoD, in in our our nation, the nation we serve. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what's what's been the initial feedback so far uh, on this, uh, sir? What what have you heard from the from the field, hey, Daryl? Um, you know, to be uh, candid with you, my initial thought is there's there's going to be some skepticism uh, from multiple points of view. Uh, I think some for a while may be skeptical. Hey, this is just going to die off again. Because if you look at long-term history, you know, it's, it's clear that we get concerned about um, a work-life issue like this, and then we move on to the next fire eventually. Uh, I believe that's unintentional, but it just tends to be what happens. Um, so I, I think some folks, uh, you know, have been, you know, kind of a wait-and-see attitude. Does it really result in anything concrete that matters, you know? And um, I'm hoping that now that we've been at this for over a year, uh, they're seeing that this is not going to, uh, I'm not going to let this uh, die on its own. Um, right. And then uh, I think from the other point of view, um, there are people, I think, you know, Mr. Lewis there, you know, he, he referenced that some people feel like this, this is a, a win or lose proposition, that the more emphasis there is on diversity and inclusion, the less potential, you know, someone may have if they're, if they don't fit into that you know, particular uh, population. Um, so we do get feedback like that. You know, one of the surveys we did um, and also in our, you know, annual LCMC climate survey, you know, the DEOX survey, we had a lot of comments on those lines. Like, you know, they, they saw it as, um, as a uh, zero sum kind of um, activity. Um, so what we did in that case is I shared those comments, you know, I made sure that they were um, you know, didn't reference anybody's name or anything and said to the Harmony Council, so here's, here's where the workforce is at. You know, here's the feedback from our workforce on what we're doing so far. Uh, and now that's going to help us try to address those concerns. So this isn't, I, I think, about some people winning, other people losing. Um, this is about knowing what our blind spots are as a workforce and trying to avoid, you know, to use like a, an automotive analogy, try to avoid a blind spot accident, you know, where we, we didn't know that, that someone was, was being left out of these things. It was, it was largely unintentional in many situations, but now we, now we do know, and we can correct for that. So that's a little bit of the feedback, you know, that we've gotten so far and how we've tried to handle that. Mm -hmm. Mr. Lewis, can you add to that or? Yeah, well, I, um, it was uh, October 27th, um, uh, Lieutenant General Morris uh, did a site visit to Hill and uh, Colonel Bailey saw it, so this meeting obviously very important, but of the four uh, subjects that were in that brief, uh, um, Colonel Bailey allowed me to brief the uh, Harmony Council. And, and there might be a segue also into some of the collaboration that's going on but he, he really liked what we were doing uh, and he wanted to ensure that, you know, that 
you know, what I was doing and what the team was doing, uh, we engaged with the LCMC DPD organization, uh, which, which I'm in the process, Rosemary and I are in the process of doing. So, you know, it, it is, it's new and there's, uh, I think as we establish credibility and people see that it's not just quote unquote a minority program and minority initiative that we are inclusive and and that and, and again to, for people to understand and see the strengths and uh, benefits of diversity and inclusion, you know, in the you know, in, in that we reflect the nation we serve. So it's not just F-16. We, you know, there's a whole, you know, plethora of uh of uh, research and documentation that that shows the the impact of a diverse organization uh, in you know uh, as far as achieving goals and objectives, and especially when you contrast that to our our near peer adversaries, and and the competition uh, that we have against them, but also the competition that we have for attracting, retaining, recruiting, and developing our own people. So. You know that's that's another that's a whole nother vein. And so, when people are looking at our organizations to come into the Air Force or anywhere in the DoD, they want to look at our organization, but they also want to ensure that it's an environment that's conducive to uh, to success. And that's and that's what diversity is all about. It's so over. So collaborating with other organizations is just one way that you kind of like. Um, codify the program to prove that it's going to last, that it's going to be around for a while. Um, so what are some of the things that you've done to collaborate with other organizations? Uh, Ms. Edwards. Well, I'll, I'll take that. Oh, it, okay. Yeah, so so again, uh, Colonel Bailey tapped me uh, back in August of 2020 to, uh, to represent uh, F-16 um, fighters and fighters in advanced aircraft uh, in the call, the data call for representatives for Dr. Roper Saf AQ DNI initiative, and uh, so I was a little hesitant on this because I was in the middle of PCSing. But uh, my uh, um, current co-lead uh, Tara MacArthur out at Saf AQA, she actually supports the uh, U.S. Space Force. I actually picked up the phone and called her and said, "Hey, I, I would like to be your co-lead." Uh, on that. And uh, so that was a whole, started a whole great relationship with her as well as uh, the organization. And uh, so that team has developed a, a SharePoint site, which is in the process of still being refined. Uh, and there's multiple other LOEs, three other LOEs. But, but as, as Rosemary mentioned, uh, a lot of the information that that we incorporate into Harmony Matters is 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 called from uh, the SAF AQ uh, training and awareness LOE, including uh, the, the books, uh, recommended reading, recommended videos, and so on. Uh, in addition, uh, Mr. Keith Tickle at uh, AFMC A1KQ has been instrumental in supporting our our efforts, including uh, the the DOC survey, the analysis that we did. And the subsequent women's focus group uh, that that Colonel Bailey had had recommended and and that was implemented, uh, as well as AFMC CDX um, uh, uh, young ladies who were our expert facilitators in in bringing um, our, our action plan to fruition, which is now being implemented. Uh, in addition to that, uh, I'm I'm part of the um, the LCMC Workforce Diversity LOE. 
um, as I mentioned, as well as the, um, the LCMCWA uh, point of contact. So, uh, so not only am I calling and incorporating input from these various initiatives into Harmony Matters, uh, but also I'm pushing it back out. So whenever we have a speaker series or a video series or our, our newsletter, I'm pushing those to those individuals um, as you know, best practices, lessons learned, and I'm always, uh, you know, always looking to um, to improve uh, and raise raise the bar. Um, Mrs. Dewenda Hutter Wilson, who is uh, she's a software engineer here, uh, supporting F16 as well as the um, the um, the Merg um, the Special Emphasis Program Manager for the Black uh, Employment Merg. Uh, I'm part of that team, although I don't have the bandwidth, but I am helping to provide in, insight and input to that, that organization uh, and to her. Uh, so, so there's a lot that's going on. There's a, a big back and forth that occurs. Um, and, then, and then lastly, when, uh, when General Morris was here, he saw one of my bullets, which was, uh, was to implement an AFMC-wide speaker series. And, and my rationale behind that was uh, my SAF AQ team is, is looking to do a speaker series. F-16 is doing a speaker series. And real critically, uh, the DNI uh, lead at um, AFRL has a robust speaker series that has been going on for the last several years and has already programmed those initiatives going forward. So I did mention that that was my rationale for the AFMC led version because I want us, as I said, I want us to be the center of excellence for DNI. If it's F-16 or regardless, it's AFMC. We're all part of the same organization. Um, and, and General Morris, he gave me great feedback and he re-vectored me and said, well, let's let's focus on, let's do LCMC, um, an LCMC-led initiative. And that was uh, my segue. And he said, all right, let's work with DPD, which I did. I'm working with Ms. Uh, Angela Benito. Um, and we're, we're meeting on a monthly basis in order to coordinate and, and align and, and understand what they're doing because they have uh, implemented some really good initiatives like the most uh, recent, I can't remember the total, correct name, but it's like Women in Leadership uh, was a speaker series that a uh, had occurred and they have a couple others in the pipeline. Uh, in addition, uh, just to ensure alignment uh, and uh, strategy uh, I'm working with them to, so they're, they're looking at our, our initiatives and just ensuring that there's nothing untoward, which of course I would ensure doesn't happen, but we just want to make sure that there's nothing that is, that would be misconstrued, that it is uh, extremist, you know, from one, one extreme or the other. Over. Uh, so I think someone mentioned the women's focus group. Uh, can I can I learn more about that as well? Uh, what was the women's focus group, uh, Miss Edwards? Uh, yeah, I can talk about the women's focus group. So um, this again came out of the DOC survey. Um, Colonel Bailey saw some results that he was very concerned with. In general, I'm speaking very general terms here. Women rated job satisfaction, um, those types of things less than men. It was kind of a general overall consistent theme throughout the survey. And mm -hmm. so that raised alarm bells. So we had 
specific women's focus groups to talk about these issues and try to bring out maybe what could be causing them, root causes, and also possible corrective actions. And the way we did this was we decided to do in-person events. Um, and since the F-16 SPO is split between Hill and Wright-Pat Air Force bases, we did them concurrently on the same day. Um, but we had two events, obviously, one at Hill, one at Wright-Pat. We had the Black Belt facilitators um, that Vince had mentioned earlier. We had two at each of these locations organizing it and running the day for us. And during that day, we had, I want to say, between 12 and 14 women at each group. We did open it up to everybody, um, but it was all women who ended up volunteering and being, being part of these focus groups. And so they spent the day brainstorming um, root causes, issues, root causes, um, and then action plans for addressing those root causes. One of the lessons learned we did get from that is we really should have planned two to three days for this. Um, one day just wasn't enough. There were just too many, um, I think too many conversations to get through before you could really get to the heart of the issues. And I think that's the same with any kind of focus group you wanna set up. I don't think that was special to you know the, the one that we had. Um, so we did have to have follow-on sessions and we did those online. They were not quite as effective, um, but of course, you know they, they, they worked and we yep. came out of that with um, an action plan and agenda and that was briefed to Colonel Bailey and his leadership team. And from that, Colonel Bailey um, had established a Tiger team to uh, comprise of leaders in the F-16 organization. And then they reached out to add additional members to that group. And so that Tiger team now is going to implement the action plan um, or items from the action plan um, going through a prioritized list. Hey, Daryl, I, I also, I just wanna uh, give a shout out to those facilitators, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. uh, Mary Lou Moore from AFMC CDX, Darla Kelly from AFMC CDX, uh, Alma Orozco from LCMC HBZI, and again, shout out to her leadership because she had segued into a new role, but she was uh, renowned as an expert. These are all black belt facilitators, and I thank her mm -hmm. leadership. And then lastly, Kim Hernandez from AFMC 748th SMCG DSCM. Uh, again, incredible job that all four of them did, and uh, they were key to our success because of their 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 training and their ability to keep us keep keep the the ladies focused on the the challenge at hand. Well, one other thing I want to back up to is how did we get to the focus group? And again, this is something that that Colonel Bailey initiated. Uh, again, he's saying, or right, we have these three initiatives that the Harmony Council does. Um, but also he, he helps vector us and direct us. And so in this case, um, he had us take a look at, analyze, synthesize, and, and come up with recommendations from the 2020 uh, uh, DEOC survey. So again, the Harmony Council, we all worked on that together. We, we sliced and diced it. We had the comments as well as the quantitative data and came back to him with uh, rec uh, various recommendations. And uh, the focus group uh, recommendations, not only for women but also for African Americans, were were uh, were one of uh, were two of those recommendations. And I know Colonel Bailey has that on his radar for 2022, the African American focus group. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, that pretty much brings us to the end of our time. But before we close, I want to just 
uh, see if there's anything that you would like to reiterate or anything that we want to uh, kind of, maybe I forgot to ask about. Uh, we'll start going around, uh, Colonel Bailey, start with you, sir. Well, thanks, thank you, Daryl, so much for picking this as a topic uh, for, for this podcast today. I'm happy to highlight the work uh, that uh, Vince and uh, Rosemary have discussed and the whole Harmony Council work. Um, uh, I'd like to maybe speak to the leaders that may be listening, uh, other, other leaders across AFMC and elsewhere. Um, you know, to me, what I've been learning about is don't think about uh, activities like this in the DNI area as something you could ever say mission complete. Uh, instead, think about it more like, you know, to use an Air Force term, you know, the OODA loop, where we should always be observing, orienting, deciding, acting. And I think in particular, the way I'd ask to apply it here is as leaders, our tendency is, is to listen to the, um, the majority of the workforce. Um, and that, that tends to uh, influence us pretty heavily. But this is an area where that approach uh, will fail you. Uh, so I think, I think half of the challenge and half of what success looks like is just find a way to make yourself listen to the smaller groups of people in your workforce. And sometimes even though they may be in the minority, there's still a significant number of people. Um, and that's what we try to do with the DOC survey with our own in-house surveys is just try to force ourselves as leaders to listen um, and not uh, just go along with what we hear from the majority populations. It's all about trying to identify the blind spots that exist in every organization and then find a way to manage those blind spots and to avoid you know, those accidents from happening. Um, so that's that's what I've been learning so far out of this. You know, there's a lot more to do. Again, we'll never be mission complete. We'll just keep we'll keep moving on, uh, you know, with these approaches here. So again, thanks, Daryl, for the time today on this topic. Thank you, uh, Miss Edwards. Go to you next. I wasn't expecting to be next. <laughs> that's um, right. <laughs> yeah. So. I think for me, the, the big takeaway is during my work on the base, um, whenever I'm in a meeting, and this has been from day one, every single time I'm in a meeting or a group of people, I do look around. I look around and I count and I count how many women are in the group, how many people of color in their group. And that is, it's just something that is always very obvious to me. And I'm just really hoping that my small contribution that I'm making in this Harmony Council makes a difference in the big picture. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be on the council and I'm just really hopeful that we are moving forward in a positive direction. Thank you. Mr. Lewis. All right, uh, again, thank you, Daryl. I appreciate you um, reaching out to us and, uh, and, and putting this on your agenda. Uh, one thing I wanna just reemphasize is Again, the Harmony Council, it's all about uh, espousing the values and benefits of diversity and inclusion and, and reflecting the nation we serve. Um, this has been a team effort. Um, again, I thank every one of my team members, uh, our team members that have worked on this. Um, special thanks to Rosemary. You know, I, I don't wanna be disparaging 
you know, when you say right-hand person, but she's a co-equal, she is the glue, has been the glue to this, this organization. And again, uh, the team has, has really exuded and reflected uh, really good high performing team dynamics. So, cause you know, people might want to, you know, you think folks might want to defer to me, you know, in my role, you know, but my mentality is I put my pants on one time, one leg at a time. And so Rosemary just always keeps me in check. I'll be walking down a path and go, Vince, Vince, hold on, time out. So, I mean, it just, it's just a great symbiotic relationship between the two of us. And I want to just also thank my, my leadership at, at uh, Air Force Nuclear Weapons Center, ND Colonel, Colonel Hunt and Rob Terselic, and, and then also Colonel Bailey for tapping me uh, for this role. Um, I'm, I'm real passionate about DNI. You know, I've, li I've lived it my entire life. You know, if you think about when I started at GE back in the early 80s, you know, what the culture was like there. But I did learn so much because, you know, I grew up in the Jack Welch era of, of that. Uh, so, so lastly, and the last thing I want to mention, I, I, we didn't allude to this, but um, the team uh, actually won the, uh, the ODI uh, Diversity and Inclusion and Innovation Award for 2021 at the LCMC level. So just wish us luck at, uh, we compete at uh, AFMC, at the AFMC level, and hopefully we can go on beyond there. So uh, just again, thank you so much for your time and, and for uh, uh, talking about this important subject over well i appreciate everybody's time today helping us understand this topic and uh and and i and i sincerely think that you all really are making a difference uh, a significant difference in in everybody's lives and making it better so uh again thanks thanks very much for uh, sharing your story